Hey, this is your name, your name, your name. And uh, they say it ain't easy. Ian Green. Gang Green. The New York Jets. Have their man. The Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break. The great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. Woo! We're talking about the process at which we do things. I'm not gonna lie to you. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Keep your foot on the pedal. Base, 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 base. There's no way I'm not gonna have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this rut, own this rut. The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're gonna win next Sunday. Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, my colleague and co-host, none other than Michael Lagaris. Everyone, <laughs> what's up, everybody? Since the last time we were able to chat, Mike, some big things going on in the NFL. The biggest of them, which the biggest domino that fell in this draft so far, that 49er trade. 49ers went ahead and trade moved up nine spots from number 12 to number three, traded away the 12th pick, as, you, as I just mentioned, 2021, 2022 first round pick, a 2023 first round pick, and a 2022 conditional third round pick, all to move up to get that Dolphins number three. Big things there. When, when, when I first heard that trade, Mike, the first thing I thought, and there was another trade after that we'll get into in a moment. Dolphins went ahead and moved back to number six. Uh, go, we'll trade with the Eagles there. The first thing I thought when I heard that was we're taking a quarterback. Because if the Dolphins got all of that for number three, there's no way with the relationship Salah and the 49ers have um, that they didn't place a call, that there wasn't a text sent, there wasn't a general inquiry made with the Jets. Hey, what about number two? You know, it's even better than number three. So I that's the first thing I thought when I heard about that trade, Mike, the 49ers giving up so much, was that yes, the 49ers obviously are gonna try to get their quarterback at number three, but also at number two, doesn't look like we're moving and it does look like we're gonna take a quarterback. So it is widely spread that the 49ers did not contact the New York Jets about trading for the number two pick. But they did contact the New York Jets about one Sam Darnold. And they've had discussions about what that compensation package would potentially look like. Given the relationship that Robert Sala has with the brass of the San Francisco 49ers, one would come to the understanding that they already know being the 49ers where the Jets are heading in that they're decided not to even bother them and asking them on exactly. what the number two pick is. But I want everybody to think about this fact. The 49ers decided instead of trading for Sam, whatever that compensation would have been, second round, maybe third round, maybe a conditional second, mm -hmm. that it was more important for their franchise to trade two first round picks and a third round pick, right? And swap their firsts and grab one of these quarterbacks, one of three, then it would be to get rid of potentially just a second round pick one second round pick 
and take Sam Darnold. Yeah. The future. Let's everybody wants to talk about Sam and how valuable Sam would be with one of these weapons that we could potentially take in the set at number two, right? Kyle Pitts or the you know, the wide receiver from Alabama. Obviously, right. Obviously, you see the 49ers did not think that the Sam Darnold direction was as valuable as giving all of that draft capital up so that they could even take not Trevor Lawrence, and it looks like potentially not Zach Wilson, but either Fields or Mack. That's more valuable. So a lot of these narratives around Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold is not a good quarterback. Not only is he not good, he's the worst quarterback in the NFL over the past three seasons. Did he have a bad situation? Yes, he did. But even with a bad situation, you have to be better than the worst. You have to show some sort of value, some sort of consistency. He went a total of three games this season without even throwing a touchdown, okay? Sam is tied for 40-yard throws, longer than 40-yard throws, with Jamison Crowder. And Flacco has two, one more than him. Guys, so when I hear people like Lewis Riddick and Mel Kuyper and Damian Woody talking about, guys, you know, I know you hear about this Zach Wilson kid, but remember, you got Sam Darnold there, and he's only 23. He's been in the NFL for three years, and he's been the worst quarterback in the NFL. There was a study done earlier this decade that 42 quarterbacks were studied, and of the 42 quarterbacks, only four quarterbacks who had performed below average in their first two sets of 16 starts ended up becoming successful. Okay, that was Drew Brees, that was uh, uh, Terry Bradshaw, that was Troy Aikman, and the other one was, uh, who was the other one? Uh, It was Vinny Testaverde, okay? Those were the four quarterbacks that didn't do good in their first two seasons, below average, and then ended up becoming successful. Sam hasn't just been bad for two seasons, below average. He's been the worst for three. And we're saying to give up the opportunity cost of the opportunity cost of of drafting a quarterback that is in a very strong quarterback class. We're, we're going to give that up because Sam is in a better situation and he'll perform better. Of course, he'll probably perform better. But what is better? Where's his ceiling? Like, we don't need to have number 15 or number 20 quarterback for the next couple of years and paying the guy $30 million a year, $28 million a year. That's ridiculous. And that's why Robert Sala and the New York Jets and Joe Douglas are not going to pick Sam Darnold as their quarterback. So all of you with these, these, these ridiculous notions that Sam Darnold is the best choice for the New York Jets, you're you're wrong. I'm sorry. All the data points to it. You're wrong. Yeah, there's really no way around it, Mike. And I mean, you pretty much covered all the bases there. I think even with the 49ers backing up one second before Sam historically giving up that much 
to move up to grab anybody has not worked out that often in the NFL to give up so much draft capital. There's RG3s, there's Jared Goffs, who's, I know we got to the Super Bowl, don't get me wrong, but he's underwhelmed the last two years. Ricky Williams, Ryan Leaf, Jeff George back in the day, Herschel Walker. Um, they got eight picks and four players for Herschel Walker. So I, I wonder the 49ers thought process in this, even if they take Fields, Mike, or they take Mac Jones or wherever it is they take, Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are the two best quarterbacks in this draft by most people's assumptions and by most people's estimations. So whoever it is they're taking, they're taking the third best guy and they gave up a lot to get the third best guy. So that's interesting to begin with. And when it, when it gets to Sam, um, and when it comes to quarterbacks in the past that haven't done well, that now, that, that ended up turning their career around. When you get to a Terry Bradshaw, when you talk about guys from that far back, Terry Bradshaw's first year in the league, he threw 24 interceptions. He had a third, 30 QB rating, <laughs> you know? His second year was a 55. His year after that was a 55. So he's one of the most overrated players to ever played football. Troy Aikman to a, to a, is a, a better example, closer to modern times. Drew Brees a little closer to modern times. But it's very rare, like you said, and I've said this many times, that a guy starts off like a scrub and ends up turning his career around. Mike, we don't have many examples in the league. And I think one thing that kind of gets lost in the mix here when it comes to Sam is when he played at USC, he had 36 turnovers in 27 games. So he comes into the league, and what you heard, draft night, is a lot of different people, a lot of different opinions that year about Mayfield, about Darnold, about Josh Allen, about um, Rosen even, was ranked at the top there, about Lamar Jackson to a lesser extent. And what you heard was that Sam, some people thought could be the best guy, but you always heard the but, he has to clean up his act, has to clean up his ball control, turns the ball over a lot. He's very careless with the ball. They say he makes a lot of those Ben Roethlisberger type plays where he's kind of um, just figuring it out as he's going. Another word of saying he plays kind of sloppy. Right? And so you look at his career at USC there, like I said, 36 turnovers in 27 games. Comes into the Jets, he started 38 games here with the Jets. He has 39 interceptions and 20 fumbles lost. That's 59 turnovers in 38 games. So when you have those type of stats and you haven't improved on what everyone said was your biggest, your biggest weakness coming out of college, you haven't improved on that. He's gotten worse in the pros. I understand the cast around him. We all we all know the cast around him has not been great. But this is NFL in 2018, 2019, 2020. You know, I mean, you could a lot of quarterbacks don't have the greatest cast of characters around them. They elevate these players. We've seen with Sam, he's not been able to do that. Career ratings right around a 78.6. Last year, as we know, he was the lowest rated quarterback in the league. And I think when it comes to his trade stock, maybe a, two or three months ago, I think it was at one place. And I think it was overrated and overvalued by many people. We didn't, I didn't say on, I said on this show and I've said many times, I don't know why anyone thought he'd get a first round pick from anyone. When you play this bad over this amount of time, you ate up his USC career and his Jets career. You look at these five seasons here, that's 65 games, he has 95 turnovers. I mean, that's his body of work that he's had when you take college, and the pros and in, 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 into your, your estimation of him, you haven't really seen him progress. And you could say it's Gase's fault. I understand that. And you could you could give him all the excuses in the world. But at some point you have to you have to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and figure it out. And I haven't seen him be able to do that throughout the course of his career here. And you have people like Lewis Riddick, you know, showing one play from, you know, a game when Sam played the 49ers and saying, look, he could do all these things Zach Wilson could do. But I know this. Nobody was talking about Sam's arm talent when he was getting drafted. It was how he was kind of good at improvisation. It would make maybe not the prettiest throws, but get the job done, right? Nobody was saying, oh my God, he can make every throw. He can make this throw. He threw these laser beams. Um, that, that didn't happen when, when it came to Sam coming into the league. Ball accuracy was a weakness. 
Exactly. When it when it comes to Zach Wilson, I think why people were why that clip of him throwing that ball kind of went viral. And you heard people saying he's electric and he's amazing. He can be phenomenal, all this type of stuff is not only how he looked on his pro day, but just the, the totality of his entire junior season, which he played tremendous 33 touchdowns, only three interceptions. But for the course of his college career, like I mentioned, Sam, 27 games, 36 interceptions. You look at Zach Wilson, 30 games, okay, 15 interceptions throughout his college career there, 837 attempts at BYU, 15 picks for Zach Wilson, 56 touchdowns there. So, I mean, when it comes to ball control and being accurate and not turning it over, just comparatively speaking between the two, I think Zach Wilson is somebody that's going to have less of a problem with that. Didn't seem to be a problem with him in college. And he was even more efficient as a prospect coming in. And just look at the film, man. Just look, look, that Lewis Riddick putting, oh, I thought nobody ever did this throw before. One was for... 30 less than 30 yards and it was at the end of the game where sam had not done anything the entire game right and he threw that pass and the other one was a plus 60 yard bomb during a pro day going across his body while he's going left and then throwing middle that throw was one of the greatest throws that anybody had ever seen in a pro day so to make that comparison to try to fit a narrative was just pathetic by yeah, him, you know what else you know what opinion. else mike so, and, and in the 49er game, Sam had 179 yards in the game. And, and yeah. after that game, now he missed three games, I think, three or four games in um, the month of October. But he played two games after that. One was the Colts game the next week. He threw three interceptions. You know, his quarterback rating was a 40 from September 27th of last year until December 6th of last year. He didn't throw a touchdown. Didn't throw one. Okay, I know he missed, he missed games too. Don't get me wrong. But he had four entire games he played where he didn't throw a touchdown. And I do think that when it comes to prospect-wise, now, there was people that thought Sam might be the best quarterback when the draft, I know, coming into that draft, but there wasn't that many people. I think by the time the draft came, most people thought it was going to be Baker Mayfield. Unfortunately for us, it was Baker Mayfield, even though we wanted him, Mike. But right. another another guy that had a decent pro day was Justin Fields. I know the Jets went and saw his pro day as well. Another tremendous pro day. I think Zach Wilson kind of started a trend at his pro day with that crazy throw. Justin Fields had a show he could make the same throw. He went out there and did it too. Some mystery surrounding Fields insofar as his draft stock because even though his pro day, he killed it, Mike. We've seen like your boy, the, um, the QB expert video you sent me, that guy, I'm forgetting off the top of my head, who always puts videos out on YouTube, who's tremendous. He has Fields down as like his fifth prospect right now. Yeah. And some, some people see him slipping out of the top 10. I just didn't see that coming off that that semifinal game. Um, you know, when he, when he did so well against Clemson there, didn't seem like by this point, this is where he'd be. But Wilson's stock has risen. Mac Jones' stock has risen. Last year, the highest quarterback rating in the history of college football. Tremendous season for him. Um, I know his pro day wasn't amazing. A, a gif of Belichick at the pro day. Mac Jones, not yeah. happy with one of his throws, which I, was, mm -hmm. I, I thought was very, very interesting. But it does seem like... The smoke is clearing here after this 49er trade, Mike. And I think the 49ers, if they could, would be drafting Zach Wilson at number two if they had the ability to. And like oh, you said, absolutely. Like you said before, everyone said, oh, they didn't talk to the Jets about number two. Stop it. Stop it. They could say, they could maybe pass a lot of detector tests by saying, we didn't actually have talks about number two. Probably because, like you mentioned, Mike, they know who the Jets are taking. Not only that, but when the Eagles, the Eagles supposedly wanted to move up to three and they got wind that zach wilson wouldn't be there and that was the quarterback they won yeah off limits and and if you go and look and understand the relationship that joe douglas has with the eagles front office you understand 
that they would know what our intentions are, right? And if they, if Joe Douglas flat told them we're taking Zach Wilson, them they're taking Zach Wilson and they yeah. decided to trade back they're not going to screw them over or he's not going to screw them over that's where he comes from right yeah. Salah comes from 49ers there's trust there right these these people that are running the Jets are coming from respected franchises and they keep that professional relationship strong right um so that just goes to tell you that most like and then today uh Steve Young BYU alum just uh put out on the airwaves that at the new york jets have already recruited zach wilson's family and it's pretty much set in stone that they're taking him at number two um there's yes. talk that sam is going to, they're not going to get rid of sam right away potentially right now the way i look at it is this they're going to draft zach wilson i think sam Darnold will be on the roster when we enter the draft if they trade him they'll trade him that night or day two day three that makes sense i don't see sam on the roster starting opening camp i don't see it just because i i can understand why some people would say it's logical oh you know he's been in the system or not the system but he's been on the team for x amount of years you know let him be the season vet and have zach backing him up but you know what? When you draft quarterbacks like that, um, there's a psychological, you know, element to all of this, and and kind of loyalty in the locker room. And you got to get that kid in here and auto automatically as the leader, right? Yeah, we you don't want to. We don't want to do another. Have, not that. To be fair, the Jets didn't mess up anything with Sanchez. People just like to create some narrative that the Jets did something wrong. Sanchez, as we know, great offensive line, great talent around him. When it comes to Sam, he's someone I think there's more credence to saying they didn't do they kind of could they kind of did him dirty by not surrounding right. him with the greatest talent I'll, I'll accept that for sam that's probably true but it is what it is if he's a ruined product by now he's a ruined product he's ruined uh, however we got here it doesn't make a difference at this point right right uh, we just need to move on like you said and get wilson in here and if they did bring him back i, I think the value of sam like we, we alluded to earlier, two or three months ago was at one point. Now, when you see all the quarterback movement that's gone on, looking at Sam, if a team does trade for him next year's that fifth-year option, do they want to pay him? That's the situation a team's going to be in with Sam. So I don't we, – we talked about this, Mike, but we haven't had a chance to say it on the show. I don't think Joe Douglas necessarily misplayed this, although I, could, I would understand if someone – had that opinion because we don't know what offers were on the table two months ago, right? We right. have no idea. People could have been offering nothing. Um, and I think what he really needed to do was see this through, see what the offers were going to be, go see Wilson's pro day. And now that they know, now that they know this is the guy, it's different. They had to see him. Like, how are you going to, if, if, the quarterbacks aren't going to work out, then you're obviously going to stick with Sam and you're going to see what happens in the new system. And then we'll have to, you know, address the whole contract down the road. Right. Yeah. But how are you going to make that decision without seeing the young kids throw? You want to go see fields. You want to go see Wilson and see yeah, yeah. what these kids have both of them impressed. And just, just being, you know, talent wise, the throw that um, fields made was amazing, but, you watched him throw into that th pass, right? He really launched it. When Wilson did his, it was like a flick of the wrist. It's like Patrick Mahomes. You know what I'm saying? How does Patrick Mahomes do that? Like he just, yeah. he just, you know what I'm saying? That's what Zach has. He's got that, like when you watch the tape on him, it's like, I don't know how anyone 
can sit here like one of my friends who I, I feel is a hater he was like I don't think any of these quarterbacks are really impressive to me I'm like did you watch the tape <laughs> okay. I was like yo did you watch the tape yeah well no of course you did because I don't know anyone that could watch Zach Wilson's tape and not be impressed with how he threw I remember you you hadn't seen him like me none of us knew and remember I told you yo I just saw the I just saw this kid's uh, bowl game. I was like, it was impressive. And you were like, yeah, but I don't even. And then you went and watched some of his tape and you called me back like, yo, <laughs> yo, this kid can throw it, man. We didn't know, man. None of us did. But when you watch him, you're like, oh, look at that. That's impressive. Those arm angles, the, the, the ease, the accuracy, the throwing people open, the the anticipation his his ability to break down defenses yep. i mean yeah you want to hit it with the competition narrative fine you know what that competition narrative was the reason why patrick mahomes fell in the draft because he didn't play against great competition guess what he's the best quarterback in the nfl yeah true and one of the runners up for the mvp this year much to our chagrin oh to bring the joy to the hearts of the Hill people is one Josh Allen, who basically played at a Division II school. So uh, there's much to be said about that. The first time I really watched Wilson this year was in November when they played Boise State. And I don't remember the score, but he had like 350 yards, four touchdowns, some crazy game. So um, I think we've kind of narrowed the choices down here. I, I don't think it's going to be a lot of drama that night. It doesn't seem like that, at least. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. What's going on down there in Texas when it comes to Deshaun with your family, with your wife, all the Texan fans? I mean, is it just, are people kind of still in his corner? The court of public opinion is going to be difficult for him to overcome, but obviously there isn't any real damning evidence against him yet that has been presented to the police. Um, the the lawyer had a chance to uh, submit that he decided not to and now Deshaun is talking about speaking directly with the police you know it I don't think the Jets are touching him I don't think any team is touching him no. what I do know is the Miami Dolphins did move back up <clears throat> into the number six pick and uh they gave up um you know just one of the first rounds so they have two first rounders uh they have ammunition essentially to trade for Deshaun Watson even after this year. So if all this clears, um, I think the Jets are locked in on getting a quarterback. Most likely Zach Wilson could be Fields, could uh, hopefully not Mac, Mac Jones. I'd be very upset if that was the case. I'd be very <laughs> yeah, upset. Yeah, I doubt that. Oh my goodness, please no. Um, but I believe that if there is going to be a team, then if Tua flops, the Dolphins definitely put themselves in a position to either draft or trade for a quarterback. Um, and I definitely do not think, and nobody here in Houston believes that, that Deshaun Watson will ever, ever play for the Houston Texans. Again. Yeah, that's over I mean, with, right? That's just that's, done with. That's, that's just, I can't see it especially now and especially if this was you know what i'm saying like it stinks i'll be honest i don't know and I, all i know is that i want the obviously we want the truth to yeah, come sure. out if this happened we want to know and deshaun watson deserves to go to jail if that is the facts but again we don't know what the truth is right so we'll and you know what's sit. sad in our country now the state of affairs is that since people don't know what the truth is people's assumptions usually are the negative right. so when it's a situation like this where 
Um, there's so many different allegations. Uh, it, it's tough to maybe give someone the benefit of the doubt when there's so much. And then on the flip side, you say, why hasn't this lawyer gone to the police with one piece of evidence yet? Mm -hmm. Said he would, he hasn't. So, Mike, it, just the whole thing is just shady. And man. the lawyer, the lawyer, the lawyer, you know, in the past didn't really have issues backing people who were had allegations. <laughs> no, on no. You know? didn't not at that. all. No, not that at all. Didn't matter. But, you know, so... It is, I it do, stinks. I do. It I stinks. find those things interesting. The the hypocrisy of the outrage some people feel to express when someone gets alleged to do something when they don't have any outrage where other people have settled over a dozen sexual assault cases. Correct. So it's interesting. But hey, what, what we, Mike, we don't get into politics in the show. It's not what we do here. We're AEBG. We're, we're, we're here for everybody. <laughs> Both sides of the aisle, come here. But just saying, don't be hypocrite, people. Come on. We try not to do it here with the Jets. Don't do it in life either. You'll live a lot longer. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us this week. That's another one in the books here with me and Mike. Michael, if anyone does want to get at us, support us, tweet at us, contact AEBG in any way, shape, or form, where could they do that? Well, we're hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris. My name is Keith Farrell. Thank you for joining us. Peace out.